Hi everyone, welcome to episode 14 of Gather Round, the podcast series sharing stories from Aberdeen Archives, Gallery and Museums. Today is the 1st of September 2023 and it's the start of Scottish Archaeology Month. So to celebrate, in this episode we have history curators Jenny and Ross talking about medieval Aberdeen and our free hands-on history event at the Art Gallery on the 16th of September. They tell us about their favourite objects from Aberdeen City's strong medieval collection which they will be showcasing at the event along with other things happening on the day including short talks, hearing about the research being done in the North East, demonstrations, looking at archaeological treasures and your chance to hold a piece of history. Hi, I'm Jenny Pape Carlisle. I'm one of the um, history curators at Aberdeen Art Gallery and Museums and I look after the archaeology and social history collections. And I'm Ross McLennan, I'm Jenny's colleague uh, working in the history team, so I'm a history curator and I also work with archaeology and also the maritime history collection. So today we want to plug that it's Scottish Archaeology Month, um, which is really exciting. We've not done an event for Scottish Archaeology Month, I think, since 2018. The last one we did was a a poo-making workshop, which was really great fun (laughs) in the Maritime Museum. So we're we're not doing that this year, unfortunately, but we're doing a bigger event in the art gallery, which we think is going to be really exciting. So we're going to bring a sort of stall along with some objects from our medieval collections. We've got a really strong medieval collection in Aberdeen City. What's the kind of, what's your favourite thing that we're going to be bringing along on the day, Ross? Yeah, we've been through, we've been kind of going through the medieval archaeology collection here and it's us. It is definitely a treasure trove. I particularly like the, the leather shoe soles because they're quite relatable objects. You can see the the work that's gone into sort of producing and the difference and the similarities between modern footwear. We've been using books that accompany the uh, reports that have been written up about these excavations that have happened in Aberdeen City and some of these have like drawings of the shoes or artist impressions of the shoes that would have been worn in boots and I find that fascinating. Anything that's relatable to to our lives today. I mean, these shoes date back to the as early as the ten hundreds. So to think that of, of, of Aberdonians wearing them was such a long time ago, and we've got them in the collection. It's amazing. It's it's incredible that they've survived this long. So like the soil in Aberdeen, it creates it's called anaerobic conditions. So it doesn't allow bacteria that needs oxygen to survive um, to survive in the soil. And it means that we get loads of really great organic material. And I think what you're saying about the shoe soles, they're just amazing because you can see like where people's toes are worn away and sort of where people's shoes maybe didn't fit properly. So it's it's just such a good example of everyday life that still wear shoes now. Yeah, exactly. And, and obviously they, they were probably made locally, which is different to more different to how we consume shoes today. <laughs> we tend to buy our shoes and they're made in, in, in Asia or but I mean it, it yeah it's fascinating just to, to learn about. I mean obviously a lot of these shoe soles are coming out of the ground and, and show evidence of, of leather working or and, and shoe making from that period, from the medieval period. That that's a fascinating object in itself. We are bringing other objects as well which you'll be able to see at this event. So can you, what was your favourite object that we might yeah, I think one of the ones that we're going to bring along, so we're going to bring along a pot that was discovered under the St Nicholas Centre 
um, when that one's being built in the 80s and it's a pot that had a coin hoard in it. So Aberdeen's, it's quite unusual with like, you've had a lot of coin hoards found in the city centre. Mm -hmm. So there were five coin hoards found probably within less than a one mile radius of each other. Yeah. Um, so that's thousands of coins and it's just so interesting that they've all been deposited so close together and it makes you think sort of what was happening in the city that that people were hoarding this money at the time the area it wasn't the city centre at the area it was sort of slightly out of so people kind of going there and hiding things I think it's just such an interesting story so if you want to hear more about that please come along it's on Saturday the 16th of September and it's in the art gallery in the will be in the Cowdery Hall and then we'll also have um, talks going on um, on the top floor in the seminar room. So we're going to have researchers from the University of Aberdeen who are going to be talking about their research. So that'll be Kate Britton and Mark Oxenham. Uh, we're also going to have Treasure Trove who are coming up from Edinburgh and they're going to talk a little bit about the Treasure Trove process, what they do and what to do if, if you find anything archaeological. And we're also going to have local group Mesolithic Deeside who've been doing some amazing work field walking along the Dee and looking for evidence of prehistoric lives, which is great. Yeah, and we're going to also have stalls, various organisations that we've just mentioned, the University, Aberdeenshire Museums, uh, Mesolithic Deeside, and uh, some of these are, we're going to have activities and show off some of the collections that these organisations have. So it'll be quite interactive and we're also going to have a prehistoric reenactor, um, Johnny Cope's his name, and he goes around the country dresses up. He provides uh, demonstrations and obviously allows people to interact with prehistoric tools and flint napping. So it's a great opportunity to come and see that as well. I'm really excited about that. I don't know about you, Jenny. I think it'll be great. I've seen um, an event that Johnny's done before, and I think it's just it's just great fun, and it's so great to kind of... Sometimes it is quite hard to visualise how kind of these tools would be used, mm -hmm. um, so I think it's great to watch him do it, and watching the flint napping, I think, is just so... It's so fascinating, and it's it kind of shows what hard work yeah. it was to make quite simple tools yeah. that we totally take for granted now. Yeah. Um, so that'll be great having them in. We're also going to have Treasure Trove um, after their talk. They're going to be downstairs in the Cowdery Hall and they'll be running a finds drop-off. So if you've found anything, please pop onto their website and you can book an appointment um, for them to have a look at um, or for them to take away down to Edinburgh and to have a closer look on their, in yeah. their offices. So I'll just point out, obviously Treasure Trove is the... National Museums in Edinburgh and they sort of operate a system where they record and, and allocate all archaeological material that is found in Scotland uh, more or less. Yeah. You correct me if I'm wrong Jenny. Yeah, no, um, yeah. so any anything that you find in the ground should be considered treasure. So if you ever find anything just get in touch with Treasure Trove and they'll always keep you right about what the legal position is, if you should be handing it into them for them to have a closer look at. And so you can get in touch with them on the phone or if you go on their website and their email address is there as well. But the team are always incredibly helpful and they've got great advice for taking care of objects as well. And we've got another, the last stall we'll mention is we've got the University of Aberdeen Archaeology Department 
are going to be there with some info um, about courses and stuff that they run if you want to learn more about archaeology. I suppose we'll, but as part of that, what we'll be talking about a little bit, or at least talking to anyone who wants to speak to us about it, is <laughs> me and Jenny have been both working away at development stages of, of a project about medieval Aberdeen because the Aberdeen Archives, Galleries and Museums um, archaeology collection is really strong on medieval history uh, and medieval objects that have been collected in the city. The legacy of that is, is basically the archaeological unit that, that started, run by the, the city council. Uh, started in the 1970s yeah. and it, it, it unfortunately stopped in, in 2010 but we we have a lot of the material that was taken out of the ground in, in Aberdeen City and it's it's a richness of stuff but it also tells so, us so much about our history and the history of the city and, and obviously the medieval borough and yeah we've been we've been doing it in different stages and, and developing that yeah so we've been we've been working away as Ross said so what we're kind of doing at the moment is we've got we've got the objects and then we've got all this incredible research that the archaeological unit um, have done over the years so what we want to do is just make sure that we've connected up the objects with the research that's been done about them and then make sure that it is accessible to everyone so as part of Archaeology Month, we are launching something new on our website under the collection search. So it's called Sites. And what we've done is use our collections management system. So that's our database system that we use to organize everything in the collection. And we've used this function that we've not really used on it before, where you can add a site. And then within that, you can connect every object that's come from that site. So. For example, one of the first ones we did with um, some of our wonderful interns that we had last year is a site, so it was under Gallowgate Middle School. So for each site we have like an individual site code, so that one was called E34, so Excavation 34. And that site, it's been such an amazing wealth of leather objects like Ross was talking about earlier. Um, some pottery from all over Europe um, so it shows sort of the evidence of people traveling import and export and what we've done is connected all of the objects together under this site so it should have launched by the time this podcast comes out hopefully but if not keep your eyes peeled on the website and it'll just be an incredible tool for making sure that people can find the things they're looking for that relate to those sites as researchers I know that me and Ross have always been frustrated in the past if you you know you know that something should be in a museum collection but it's not always easy to find because we often use sort of weird and wonderful cataloging systems that aren't that accessible if you don't work for the museum so we just want to make sure that for the public researchers anyone who's interested that you can find these things really really easily on our website and then if you want to come and look at them get in touch and we're always happy to have people to come in and look at our, our wonderful collection. We had Mesolithic Deeside in a couple of weeks ago um, looking at some flints that we have in the collection so please just get in touch. Yeah we always learn from, from a lot of people um, who come and talk to us about our collection uh, like like for instance Jenny mentioned Mesolithic Deeside so we're, we're always willing to learn but we're also also willing to, to showcase what we have 
And just going back to Galway Middle School, the older generation might remember that as being on the corner of Little John Street. So that was demolished in the eighties, I think, and now it's flat. So just across the road from Six Degrees North and that corner of Marshall College is where that building is. So there's all these sites in the city centre that had archaeological excavations, particularly during a lot of change in the cityscape, such as the Bond Forge Centre, for example, or or um, St Nicholas Centre. So we've got all that material that was that was dug up by these archaeologists. That's that's why we're we're really sort of focusing in in on that and doing this work. We want to, like Jenny said, we want to increase access. I want to really shout about the collection that we have here. But there's a lot of work that goes along with that. It's the nuts and bolts which is quite exciting, I think. It is, it is. And I think me and Ross are, you know, learning so much about the collection as we go through. Um, so we're, we're going to continue on this project for a few years to come. So just watch the space and we'll keep giving updates on what we're doing. We're planning some blogs go along with the project and we've got an Evening Express article coming out um, later this month. So I'll just plug again, I've double checked the date, um, the 16th yeah. of September. So the event's running from 11 till 4 in the art gallery. And then myself and Ross are also doing a talk as part of the Scottish Archaeology Month. So we're going to be focusing on another of the city centre sites that we've been doing um, some work on. And that will be on the 20th of September as part of our lunchtime talk series. And that's in the Maritime Museum. Um, but all of the dates are on the website. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about the site that we're going to be looking at, Ross. It's one that you're working on at the moment. Yeah, so it's the site that I'm working on at the moment is 45 to 75 Gallagate. So just quite close to where I was speaking about the Gallagate Middle School, just kind of across the road a little bit um, where the junction meets. Can't remember the name of the street. That's terrible. I'm terrible with streets. Yeah, but there's a, <laughs> an, an, another sort of block of flats on that corner. So if you're going up the Gallagate, you ter- take that left down the hill past. But if you're going down that hill, you got the the exit of the Bonacourt Centre car park, and across the road from that is where the, those flats are. Yeah, it's kind of in this area, and yeah, it's fascinating because particularly fascinating to learn about the loch that used to be there so obviously it's quite is that loch street well loch street is further down anyway (laughs) i know that and the reason obviously it's called loch street is because in the medieval period there was a loch there and it's interesting to learn that this area or this site was basically in the early sort of medieval period from the ten hundreds onwards it was a a sort of industrial site a lot of crafts work and um, tanning Tanning was a big thing oh, there, okay. so um, kind of an early medieval industrial process, you know, pits and basically putting uh, leather work or, or skins, hides into various concoctions, tanned these, these things for various reasons. <laughs> I think there was quite a few shoe soles from that site as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah quite a few leather products. Obviously, a, quite a few leather products as well, um, so there's also a lot of activity going on, and that's the fascinating thing about it. We're walking over this city day in day out. You know, it's 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 really interesting when you're actually forced to confront what was going on 
hundreds of years ago, and I'm, I'm not talking just hundreds of years ago, this is like approaching a thousand years ago mm-hmm. in some cases. And just to think about that, and the fact that we've got the evidence of that, of these things happening in our city. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think I find it hard enough to visualise what the city centre would have looked like before the Bon Accord Centre and before the St Nicholas Centre. Cause yeah. And then imagining what it would have been like back then, I think it just feels so disconnected from our medieval past because it's such an urban area now. Yeah, and like we think of Aberdeen as being kind of like that development in the early 19th century, obviously Union Street, Yeah. and that sort of really changed. That made the Granite City what it is, and why it's called the Granite City, obviously. But before that, there was the medieval borough, essentially, yeah. although medieval name dragged on, but like essentially the the layout of the, the town at that time prior to Union Street being built and King Street and, and other um, developments, you know, that was that was still the kind of medieval borough. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I find that fascinating as well, but it's like kind of like Parson Gordon's map, which is like 1660s, I think. Yeah. And that gives you a, a great kind of visual overview of how it looked at that time, but obviously it would have grown from, say, the 10 hundreds. Yeah. But um, it would still remain quite a quite a small settlement in terms of how we perceive Aberdeen today. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think that Victorian overhaul of Union Street just it's so difficult to imagine. Yeah. What it would have been like before. Yeah. But to hear more, please come along to the talk and to the event. And if anyone has any questions, as always, please just get in touch. So thank you so much for listening and we hope we will see you at the event or the talk. Thanks very much guys. Yeah, no, look forward to seeing you at the at the talk and the event, hopefully. Well we hope you enjoyed listening to Jenny and Ross. And if you want to find out more about the free hands-on history event, including times and what's happening on the day, please visit our website at www.aberdeencity.gov.uk forward slash AAGM forward slash hands-on history. And don't forget about their talk, History Beneath Our Feet, Aberdeen's Medieval City Centre, on Wednesday the 20th of September, 12.30 until 1.15 at Aberdeen Maritime Museum. Remember to hit that subscribe button to never miss an episode of Gather Round. Until next time, bye!